Okay, welcome back to the pregame golf podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Uh, great show in store today. We're, we'll, we'll be reviewing uh, the Open, which was won by uh, Colin Morikawa in just dominant fashion. Uh, you know, no one could catch him. And then we're going to move on to uh, to the 3M Open this week. But uh, but back to the Open Championship this past weekend at St. George, uh, James. Uh, what a week. Uh, great week for our picks. It was an unbelievable Sunday. I mean, personally, I was rooting for Spieth down the stretch, but even his best stuff uh, couldn't catch up with Colin. And I was just impressed on how well-spoken uh, Colin was after after Sunday's round. I, I, after all these majors, we have a new young winner, a new young major winner. And, and we're kind of saying, you know, oh, this could be the next guy. You know, we said it with Rom after the U.S. Open. I, you know, I really feel like with with Colin's ball striking uh, mixed with with his maturity uh, for him to win the first open that he's played in. You know, I, I feel like, you know, we can expect a really bright future from this guy. Yeah, he won in his first start in the PGA. Now what has won in his uh, first start in the British Open. So he's got like a 25 percent hit rate in uh, majors, which isn't too bad. I, was, I saw some stat where he's, he won 10% of his college starts. And now with the win at the British Open, he's won 10% of his uh, PJ Tour starts. So obviously, you know, unbelievable player. And he seems like he's a uh, 24-year-old in a, uh, sorry, a 44-year-old in a, in a 24-year-old's body. And uh, let's just kind of get into what we saw this week. You know, Royal St. George has played much different than we thought it would. Um, we expected a little more diversity in the leaderboard, honestly, with uh, and a lot of guys explaining the course or describing it as quirky or unpredictable, but the weather was almost like a dome for the all four days. You know, there wasn't much, that much wind and we didn't really have that many dark horses in the, in the mix, you know, even looking at the, uh, the final leaderboard, you have uh, obviously calling up uh, winning John Rom, Jordan Spieth and Brooks being up there. It looked more like a official world golf ranking than, <laughs> than just a, a regular leaderboard. Um, yeah, and then just talking about those calm conditions, uh, you know, 15 under being the uh, the winning score, and actually that final round was the lowest scoring average in uh, British Open history. So, you know, looking at kind of reviewing what really happened there, Colin shot a bogey-free final round 60, 66 to finish two ahead of Jordan Spieth. And uh, like we – now the start that Colin has had to his career is just, like, unbelievable. Even looking at his stats uh, – on PJ tour this year after, after this British open, it's almost like looking at like a Steph Curry stat. Um, he's leading strokes gained T to green by a significant, significant margin. Now picking up over two shots per round this year, there's only 20 guys on tour. that are even picking up one shot. So he's just completely separated himself from the field. And I think one thing to look at with all this, you know, all these guys doing all this heavy lifting and trying to get all this distance he's picking up all those shots in the field while he's only 114th in distance off the tee. So it really goes to show how unbelievably precise he is, you know, whether it be hitting fairways or just, you know, sticking it. Um, and I think one more thing to look at the guys might be start, might start doing down the road is he did play in the Scottish open the week before and he finished, he made the cut, but you know, got to play four rounds and, he said that was a huge factor in him playing well this week. And it, it actually led to him um, adding a little weight to his putter to adjust to the slow greens. And, you know, he ended up making almost everybody looked at looking back on it, you know, with the um, 
huge par save on 16 and big birdie putt on, on uh, 15. He was, uh, you know, with that ball striking, we kind of talked about in that putting, he was just going to be a tough guy to be. And then kind of talking about some other guys in the field, starting to become a little bit of a theme, but Louie just really couldn't buy a putt on Sunday. You know, he's leading the PJ tour in putting, but seems to kind of, you know, burn those edges. Not like he's missing three footers, like by a cup or anything, but just not really seeing those, those putts fall. And, you know, kind of looking at who's kind of leaving this tournament with the worst taste in their mouth, you know, it's going to probably be with our guy. We both had Jordan Spieth and not really because of anything he did on Sunday, but he kind of just had a pretty lazy finish on Saturday in terms of part. Uh, he parred 15 on a part five when he was green side 17. He had 40 yards into the green and made, and made bogey. And then 18, as we remember, he kind of missed that one footer to, you know, having him end up being, you know, a couple shots behind Morikawa, who's completely firing in all cylinders, even though he shot a final round, you know, 66, he didn't really have a chance. And, and I think, you know, Jordan shoots four under on Sunday and it was yeah. near, it was near flawless. I mean, flawless, yeah. Spieth and Morikawa were exchanging blows. And I, and I think that that flawless Sunday round made us look back to the end of Saturday, even more, you know, had Jordan, shot one, two under on Sunday and, and Colin just flat out beat him. I think we're having a different conversation, but there's no other shots to look back on uh, when talking about the possibility of Jordan winning this tournament than that three hole stretch on Sunday. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think for, for Louie, uh, you know, yeah, like you said, the putting felt not fell apart, but just not a whole lot went in um, on yeah. Sunday. And, and I thought, um, you know, I, he missed three out of the first six greens, uh, which I, I feel like, you know, for someone like Louis, it, it was very essential to keep, uh, you know, to, to kind of keep on. He just he doesn't have the ball, the the short game abilities like Spieth does, like Rom mm. does, like Brooks does, and he didn't put himself in in that good a position um, on that front nine. So. Uh, overall, unbelievable open championship. I, I take nothing away from Colin, um, even if the conditions uh, were calm. I know I saw a tweet yesterday from from Monday Q. You know, was was Barbasol was Barbasol the better event because there is no there is no wind and sandwich and and uh, that's that's a foolish thought. Um, yeah, unbelievable major championship at St. George and and James. Yeah. Let's let's get into these uh, into into these favorites into review yeah so you know john wrong came in at eight to one he was the favorite for a reason he shot rounds of 71 64 66 68 to finish four back and this was a theme for a couple guys in the mix this week that that first round unfortunately just kind of took him out what ended up being a birdie fest you know when you have the the 30 40 mile an hour winds blowing and rain coming in sideways you can actually afford a couple mistakes you know maybe afford maybe a, a 73 or something but when it, uh, you know, when it's those calm conditions, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, you have one of those rounds over par and it's kind of a, an uphill battle from there. He fought back hard the last couple of days to finish tied third. Uh, really an unreal stretch of golf for John Rahm these um, last couple of months. He hasn't finished outside the top 10 in any tournament since early May, besides, besides Memorial. And we, we know what happened there with the, the COVID situation. So, you know, good re week for... Uh, for John Rom, but just, you know, that opening round, just uh, tough to come back from. And then getting into Brooks Kepka, 
who was uh, 18 to one. Brooks shot rounds of 69, 66, 72, and a final round 65 to finish tied six. Another guy where um, just one round kind of <laughs> threw him out of it. You know, when, when you're getting into these uh, 13, 14, 1500 pars and majors, it's just tough to, you know, throw up a, a two over a three over round like that, just because of the fact that you're going to have to have a couple 64s on a major championship golf course to get yourself back in the mix. Uh, all time backdoor top 10. Uh, for Let's myself go. and Brooks, for myself and Brooks, with a final round sixty-five. Um, honestly, it's becoming ridiculous with the uh, with the majors. He now has top sixes in his last three majors, um, and now four top tens at the British Open. His last five starts. Uh, and had not, Colin had Colin not pulled away, I mean, and, and a few of those. I mean, Brooks unbelievable round on Sunday, but actually missed about three or four opportunities on that back nine had Colin not pulled away. I think Brooks is right in there. Yeah. And it's one of those things where, you know, a couple of these guys, you know, we picked for the British open because we're expecting these kind of tough conditions, you know, and, you know, even a guy like John Rahm who's starting the final round four or five back or a couple of these guys starting six back, seven back, you know, during a normal British open year, if you can get in there, you know, post a number before that wind gets ridiculous before the hurricane comes in, you know, you can just be sitting there pretty with your feet up and end up winning by two. You know, we've seen that a couple of times with Phil uh, when he won his British open, just kind of got in early and let the, let the mother nature do its work, you know? So um, Brooks Kepka, kind of what we talked about just in the mix, every major. And uh, yeah, he, yeah, I, I am a betting man, but uh, <laughs> I, Brooks will definitely have a British Open before it's all, all said and done. And, and kind of talking about, uh, you know, getting getting a great draw, uh, you know, Jordan Spieth next up at 20 to 1 was mm. one of those guys, uh, you know, I know there wasn't much of a, a good side of the draw this week with the wind being down, but obviously he got the Monday Monday time on Thursday and, and afternoon on Friday. But, yeah, uh, finished at 13 under, rounds of 65, 67, 69, 66. Um, and, and just about a year ago today, it kind of marks when, when, uh, you know, golf was kind of giving up on Jordan, um, after, after two years of struggling, but, um, you know, had to remember that through the struggles, uh, Jordan is an unbelievable, uh, links golfer, uh, yeah. and, and no major championship wins in 2021 for Jordan, but definitely a comeback year by, by all means, uh, you know, third at the masters, uh, 30th at the Peach. Uh, 19th at the op at the u.s open and then second um uh second at the open this past weekend and you know besides he did make jordan did make two bogeys on sunday um on the front nine i think he has well missed either four or five of the first couple greens uh you know his short game unlike louis you know it, it is made for that uh so was able to save it nothing really in the final round to to look down on, like we said, uh, kind of in our intro, uh, you know, if he had made another bogey or two on the back and uh, been a couple more shots out of it, I wouldn't have to sit here and talk about Saturday's finish. Um, yeah. You know, bread basket, 40-yard wedge shot on 17 and then, and then missing a, a, a one-footer on, on 18. But definitely some great things to take away from, uh, from this year's majors for Jordan. You know, kind of getting to that next guy, Justin Thomas, 20 to one. He finished tied 40th 
I'm not going to lie. I did like him this week, but he only had nine birdies uh, <laughs> this entire week, which kind of is uh, one of the things we were worried about is the putting and getting the putter going. It seemed like every hole when I was watching, he was just kind of burning edges and that's just something he needs to get figured out uh, before the FedEx cup. So whether he needs another uh, wand switch or he's just gotta, <laughs> just gotta start converting those chances, not terrible weak ball striking, but just seems like every time I looked up, he's just like looking at the sky. Like, why can't I, I buy a putt, you know? So, um, and then another guy we have uh, Rory McIlroy 20 to one started off with a birdie on one and stiffed it like four feet on two. And I was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> you know, run away, run away happening now. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, these are the types of conditions that you expect Roy to just absolutely dominate. Yeah. Yeah. But the issue is right. He hit it four feet on the second hole and missed it, missed a four footer by a cup. And I was like, Oh, there's the Rory. You yep. know? Um, so, you know, I, another year of no majors for Rory crazy. I think his last major win was seven years ago. Hot take alert. Uh, he hundred percent is one of the best players in the world. I agree. But if you haven't won a major in seven years, that's gotta, Nike can't be too happy about that. You know, let's, no. see, let's see that. Uh, no. Nah, and, see that next- and there, there, there doesn't seem to be any answer inside. I mean, I, we talked about this in our prep last week, but you know, he, he met with the media after the Scottish and he was like, you know, I feel like I'm hitting the ball. Great. It's just a putter. And that's been the story for the last seven years. So yeah. Um, it's kind of, it's yeah. kind of, it's the same reason that I don't think he's ever going to win, win at Augusta. Yeah. And for me, it's, you know, I, we are being harsh on him a little bit. Right. But these like elite guys, they judge themselves on majors and a seven year drought with no injuries to speak of is just, almost unexplainable right for someone of his caliber but um you know rory finished tied 44th uh even par for the event just meh you know <laughs> didn't really, meh, yeah uh, just no putts know, being made yeah yep so let's get into next yeah time. yeah on to uh on to xander uh at 20 to 1 uh you know finished 26th uh, this week just didn't get anything going uh, in the middle two days of the tournament um, under the conditions I just thought we would see a much better performance uh, from Xander but you know at the open some of these guys maybe even uh, prefer some conditions to pick up they certainly did in his previous open starts at at 2018 at Carnoustie where he finished second and, and 17 at Burkdale. Uh, where he top 20. Uh, I did personally like um, a Xander ticket uh, this week, uh, but, you know, kind of in the same category as Rory, uh, uh, you know, shot, shot one over on Friday and two over on Saturday, which absolutely killed him in these conditions. It seemed like anyone who had a, who had a round over par uh, kind of immediately took themselves out of it, which is such a change. Uh, for normal uh, British Open golf, but uh, yeah, on to DJ at, at twenty-two to one. Yeah, so um, DJ shot rounds of sixty-eight, sixty-five, seventy-three, sixty-seven to finish tied eighth. Um, good tournament for Dustin. Just another guy, kind of just had, you know, you wouldn't call it a blow-up round, but you know, a couple overs, just too many to kind of fight back from on a on a difficult golf course. When um, you know, it's more of like a tricky golf course. It didn't really seem like there were the triples and quads out there. But um, 
with a lot of those pin positions that were borderline kind of ridiculous, it was just, you know, having, there were some birdie opportunities out there for sure, but just, uh, just tough to come back from the, you know, 73, 74, 72 type rounds, uh, you know, just can kind of condition base. If there were 40 mile an hour gusts, crazy weather, you can come back from a 73, but not this week, but um, just another good solid major for, for Dustin. Well, getting to Victor Hovland at 30 to one. Yeah. So, uh, so Victor finished at six under uh, for the tournament T12 in his first open uh, 68, 71, 69, 66. Uh, you know, I think for an open rookie, you could say he caught a, caught a break all week with the minimum, with the minimal wind. Uh, and, and that's certainly not to take anything away from, from, from Morikawa's win, but Listen, Victor's first, uh, you know, first full major schedule year and, and uh, you know, definitely one I think he's going to capitalize on it here in the next two years. 21st, the Masters, uh, 30th at the Peach and, and 12th uh, at the Open. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I wasn't I certainly wasn't high on Victor uh, before the week. I wasn't really high on any rookies. So. Uh, with that wind being down, definitely proved me wrong there. And then, and then into Louis Eustazen at 33 to one, uh, the guy who held the lead uh, for the majority of this event, it was a special week for Louis, for Louis. And it was the week that I think we really wanted him to have. We were both pretty high on him. Uh, and I think the wind being down all week really helped Louis putting since, you know, it, it has been a good putting year for him, but certainly mm -hmm. hasn't putted in any kind of high, you know, high wind conditions like we usually yeah. see at the, at the British and and did everything well until the final round, missed a few greens and, and failed to convert. Uh, but it, it's tough to criticize Louis when, when there really wasn't much else he could do like Spieth to beat Morikawa. Um, yeah. You know, he had to he had to have posted a, a, you know, five, six under final round to get the job done. Uh, you know, and, and but he still made us money and we'll get into that in a bit. It's his second top five finish at the open not counting uh the 2010 win back to st andrews next year where he won for louis so we'll be ready for that pending mm -hmm. uh you know pending all his back problems i wouldn't be surprised if we have another you know ticket on him next year at st andrews um you know regardless of how he's playing going into it yeah and then last but not least uh mr dechambeau at 33 to 1 bryson made the cut on the number and shot a final round 65 to finish 33rd um obviously had a little kerfuffle there at the uh in one of the post-round interviews uh this driver sucks um yeah. as if anyone didn't know that he's playing at cobra yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dude, it's, a, uh, it's amazing how much money they've sunk into like five or six heads yeah yeah it's but, shocking you know, yeah. it's over five mil oh my god yeah i know um, but you know, Bryson was all over the map this week with, with the low scores, you really had to be precise. You know, I thought this was going to be closer to uh seven or eight under kind of winning score, you know, kind of us open tough where just bomb it up there, gouge it out to the green, make your par, you know, but this week 15 under ended up winning. So I didn't, I mean, he's just didn't really suit his game. You're not going to make that many birdies out of the rough and he's not exactly an assassin from 120 yards. So Bryson, at least for me, I'm going to be looking at him in the majors that are going to be in the courses that are going to be playing tough. You know, you won at Bay Hill earlier this year, kind of places where I'm not, he's not my, 
he's not my cup of tea when it comes to these like 22, 23 under kind of birdie fest shootouts. So, you know, that final round really did show what he was capable of, but you know, maybe just a couple too many distractions this week, uh, all in all kind of coming the way. I just, I expect a little bit more from him. And certainly, yeah, certainly his, his kind of struggles, you know, he'd only played three, you know, British opens before this week, but that's his best finish uh, yeah. in an open championship thus far. Uh, mm. So I, I, I think, you know, out of all the players, you know, maybe Bryson benefited from the wind staying down the most. Mm. Um, yeah. Especially with all the, uh, the spin race getting out of control with that Cobra driver. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But you know, it's one of those things where uh, we'll, we'll go over our picks, but I had, I had him top 10, but yeah, you know, 33rd finished, certainly is no struggle. Finished 33rd, yeah. and it's like an awful week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like sponsors are dropping them, catching flyers who isn't, but you know, like oh, Cobra, Cobra like, took a dump on him. They're like, forget you. Yeah. We got I mean, people working around. The, I mean, their hours are more strenuous than Burger King in there. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, you know, they got to make sure each or even uh the golf ball is using right make sure each golf ball is floating correctly and all that stuff but that's all part of it you know i think uh he's got the leverage he'll, he'll i'm sure they'll keep him for a couple more days yeah it was uh, also it was also kind of interesting to hear other players come out and say like you know i i certainly had the impression that no one's playing stock out there but you know some other guys came out like ricky and jt and were like you know, we do have, a, you know, a pretty close to stock head. It's not like our scientists at Titleist and Cobra have yeah. to do anything special. And the Cobra rep comes out and like, we have, we have six scientists in here working around the yeah. clock for Bryson. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just roll into those. Uh, well, we'll start with your British Open picks to play. See how we did. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So my first one was Jordan Spieth, top 20 at plus a hundred that cashed, uh, told you before the week, uh, you know, some of the easiest money to make on the market with how well Spieth played in 2021. Uh, and certainly the majors, if there was a list of players that you could pick to rely on uh, to finish high in the major, I know, you know, I know Azinger was talking about, you know, Morikawa now that, you know, he's won, you know, this week, certainly talking about Rom, but as far as placing high in a major, uh, you know, Spieth and Brooks are the two guys that I would pick, but, you know, it, it's kind of, I think it's really cemented that Spieth is going to be a dominant player at Open Championships to come. I think, you know, a bit like Louis, it just doesn't matter how he's playing coming into the event. I think, I think the Lynx golf really brings out Spieth's natural feel. So, uh, my second one was Scotty Scheffler, top twenty plus one sixty, fellow Longhorn. Uh, you know, great trip across the pond for Scotty uh, at the Scottish Open, and, and then here now at the uh, at the Open Championship, he finished eighth. Uh, so you know, this was, a, this is another young player who, who, who made his, um, open championship debut. We obviously knew going in, it wasn't his Lynx golf, uh, debut played a junior Ryder cup across the pond. And, and then, uh, you know, the past couple weeks playing a couple Euro tour events, uh, before this one. And, and, you know, I thought the conditions at the Irish open and the Scottish open, uh, were much harder than, than what was presented at St. George, but. Um, you know, another, you know, also a great finish uh, in major championships in total for Scheffler this year, finishing the top 10 in all except for the Masters where he finished 18th. Yeah, so two for two, not too bad so far, right? Uh, 
my British Open picks are placed. I had Bryson Shambo top 10 plus 380. Uh, as we talked about, that did not hit. But, you know, if he's having a nightmare finish and finishing tied 33rd, I'm not, you know, too upset about that um, pick. And my other one was Mackenzie Hughes top 20, 10 to 1. Uh, that did hit. Uh, he finished tied sixth and had a lot, uh, you know, several shots to play from the back nine, which was, uh, which was nice kind of um, getting that one to go. Uh, he played great all week. He was one of three guys in the field to record four rounds in the sixties. And now that's back-to-back majors where he's shown up. Uh, he had a third, uh, sorry, he had the lead going to the final round at uh, Torrey Pines and then another good finish this week at the British open. So, you know, really starting to play well in these big events. And it's one of those things where, you know, these younger guys and he's becoming more of a veteran now. I think he's just starting to get a little more comfortable in these big tournaments. Cause you know, as we know, in these, in these majors, uh, it's more, it's obviously more mental than, than really physical. So it's nice for uh, McKenzie to put back-to-back majors together. Well, how about for your picks to win? Yeah. So just running through uh, my picks to win here I had Rom. Uh, well, actually, sorry. I had Brooks to start 14 to one. Uh, and was right there the entire way, posting rounds of uh, of sixties on Thursday, Saturday, and then closed out with the with a nice final round, sixty five to to move up nineteen spots in the leaderboard, which obviously fantastic for Led uh, and his picks to place. Uh, I'm taking this again if I had the chance. That, you know, if it wasn't for a a two of a round on Saturday, probably you know he's right there with Colin. Uh, so so Led, what about your picks to win? Yeah, I had um, Matthew Fitzpatrick at 50 to one. He finished tied 26. Uh, you know, he had a solid week. Uh, all of his rounds were even or better. He just only had four birdies through his first two rounds, which kind of left him behind the eight ball. Uh, another guy where uh, really good all around game, just couldn't really get the putter going this week. And then I had Jordan Spieth at 20 to one. Mm. Obviously, when they finished runner up, not too disappointing because we're on the right track, but this is just one of those things where we kind of talked about Saturday, Saturday, just threw a couple, threw a couple shots away at the end. Um, and as we talked about golf is such a mental game, you know, if he finishes the sat the third round off, how he should gets into that final group, starts making a couple bombs early on Colin it, you know, it could be a completely different golf tournament. So, yeah. He wins a golf tournament. Okay, so my dark horse uh, this week was Matthew F- Matthew Fitzpatrick. Uh, you know, thought you know his first major championship in England would bring a little bit of extra juice. Uh, you know, T T twenty six, not a terrible finish by any means. Uh, you know, the, the first round seventy one uh, maybe hurt him a little bit. Finished just rounds of 69, 67, 70. Uh, so so a good stretch. Uh, from Fitzpatrick and and uh, you know definitely would 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 take that again as my dark horse led what about you yeah I had uh, Garrick Higo um, 100 to 1 that did not hit um, his first taste of British Open golf and the only thing I really had to take away for him this week is he beat Phil uh, <laughs> who finished uh, I think he was like 10 over or something um, all right, so Will, how about your uh, British Open best bet? Uh, yeah, so so my best bet was uh, was Louis, who stays and finishes the top South African finisher at plus two hundred, and um, actually through one round, Higo was still 
sort of, I mean, so after the first round, there was, there was, there was five South Africans in the top 10. I'm not exactly sure if Higa was one of them, but yeah, back to my best bet uh, of Louis finishing as a top South African, you know, as dominant as he played by no means was this locked up until he finished on 18 uh, South Africa made a huge presence at the U S open uh, besides probably every country except America. Uh, but we had, we had Fratelli on his tail and, until the very end, finished solo fifth. Um, mm. You know, five South African golfers within nine shots of the lead by the end of it. So uh, as well as Louis was playing, it, it, was, it was cluttered until the end. Yeah. Yeah, Fratelli get, definitely gave him a scare there uh, at the end. Especially so, when Lou was, you know, the heat started to pick up. There's a heat advisory on Sunday. I'm like, God, 40-year-old oh, Louie, no. like, I don't, I don't know. Is he going to hang in there? <laughs> and, and luckily he did so. Uh, Louis uh, finishing as the top South African golfer did cash at yeah. plus 200. And then for my British Open, best bet, death, taxes, and Brooks finishing top 10 in majors. Brooks uh, plus 20, 188, top 10, lock of the century, uh, tied six for Brooksy. He scared me a little bit those first couple of rounds, but, you know, like we talked about, nice little backdoor top 10 with a final round 65. Top six is in his last three majors, and – I might go top 10 on Brooks and majors until it's eventually minus, you know, right now we're still getting them at, um, you know, kind of 10 to win 20 situation. She's, I mean, I'll take them 10 to win 10, honestly. Uh, so I, I'd assume those books will start adjusting sooner or later, whether as long as he's got four limbs, he seems to finish uh, top 10. Yeah. <laughs> I, think they've, limbs. I think they've given him some love this year, just with kind of, I don't want to say how bad he's finished in just regular tour events, but I mean, certainly doesn't show up like he does in majors. So I think he, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if he's, if he's, uh, if he does that in tour events to try to get some better odds on himself in, in majors, but uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we won't, we'll, we won't, yeah. Spec, we won't yeah. speculate. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, how about these? Yeah. Teams? Yeah. So, uh, so moving into DraftKings, finally, snagged one uh from james here i had brooks uh kepka jordan spieth and scotty scheffler all finishing in the top 20 uh and then matthew fitzpatrick not far behind at 26th um and, and ian poulter uh rallied to make the cut which was huge for me and, and last was johannes veerman uh finished around two over um, you know, thought that was a really essential pick for me after he finished uh, second in the Irish and top 20 in the Scottish. So total of 460.5, finally, uh, finally, finally pushed lead by some means. Yeah, I just I must I got a little comfortable. Um, but, uh, you know, it's nice to get a little little slice of humble pie, you know, back to the drawing board here. I had, Bro <laughs> I had uh, Brooks, uh Matthew Fitzpatrick, Joaquin Neiman, Garrett Higo, Sam Burns, and uh, Bryson. And I just uh, spent a little bit too much on Bryson for that uh, kind of result. But, you know, all in all, really fun British Open week. Let's just kind of uh, move right into the uh, 3M Open. Yeah, well, uh, so I, I feel like one of the trickier tournaments of the year to bet on this week at the 3M Open, uh, just because – uh, there are a lot of, you know, in the favorites, there's a lot of top names here that came directly from the open. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, most of these guys were, you know, locked up in their rooms for almost two weeks. So, uh, you know, I, I don't want to assume they're going to look up, they're going to look to enjoy themselves a bit when they get back to the States, but 
certainly something to watch, you know, when, 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 uh, when I make my picks this week, James, what do you got? Is there anything, is there anything to do in Minneapolis? Yeah, I don't know. So I actually went last year. I, I didn't get to play. Uh, uh, I didn't get to play twin cities, uh, but yeah, I'm not sure. I, I think maybe uh, not after kind of maybe the events that went down there this past year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, hey, but you know, these guys, Hey, they'll find it anywhere. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, Kirk cousins is in town, you know, might, might take him out uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, with that, with that big contract. It is. All right. So this week we had the TPC twin cities in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, it's designed by Arnold Palmer. It's a 7,100 yard par 71 that features a ton of water. The average winning score is 20 under par. So you better bring the birdies this week. Uh, this is the third year of the event that features uh, Michael Thompson, who as, as the defending champion and uh, you know, not too much history, only the, only the third year of this event. So, you know, the only other thing we can kind of look at is, you know, it's an inaugural year where Matthew Wolf won an epic playoff against uh, Morikawa and Bryson, you know, looking at Bryson, Matthew Wolf, obviously uh, a couple of the bombers out there, but um not too much on course history this week. You know, if you just look at, uh, if you're only looking at a two-year span, it's just too small sample size to, to really go with. Yes, yeah, so we'll, uh, we will roll into the favorites at the 3M Open this week. Uh, we'll start with Dustin at, at, at uh, plus 750, uh, coming off of a T8 finish uh, at the Open. Dustin doesn't have, uh, you know, an issue playing at a high level after major championships. This was obviously kind of my first concern when diving into this and, uh, you know, kind of not surprising. He's one of the all-time freaks of nature when it, to come through the PGA Tour. Uh, I didn't have to scroll back too far to see that DJ uh, won the Canadian Open the week after the Open, you know, when it was played at that time before COVID season. Um, and before that, he had top five finishes in, in the two years prior to that at the Canadian the week after the Open. Uh, so this is a different golf course. It's obviously, you know, not, uh, you know, we're not, it's not the same event, but it is important to understand that in the past three to four years, uh, DJ doesn't just pack it in the week after majors. Um, so I, I would suggest to take him outright uh, or just pass this week. You know, he's in a great place for this game. Um, you know, even if he is the favorite, you know, I, I still like him this week. And if he plays like he did last week on this golf course, I think he, you know, going to pose a major threat at this event. Yeah. And I do, I do like uh, Dustin at this week. I'm not a big fan normally of taking favorites, but compared to, you know, just him, the rest of the field is, he's definitely in a class, um, by himself, uh, moving into Louis Usazen at 11 to one. Um, he's making his debut in this event. He's the 54 hole leader of the open championship and he's looking to bounce back from a rough Sunday. He's by far the number one putter on tour this year by a wide margin, picking up over a shot, uh, on the field per round. He's made 16 of 17 cuts on tour this year has seven top tens highlighted by top threes in his last three majors, which is just ridiculous span of golf but doc how many events has louis Usazen won on u.s soil uh it's none right it's none it's none he's a pass for me this week i just i want to see it first before i take louis at that kind of slightly inflated number at 11 to 1 with he's the age with where, the back you know you just don't you know, know it's it's just one of those things where uh 
you know, taking a guy at 11 to one, you'd think, you'd think he would have, you know, yeah, obviously he's won a ton worldwide, but he hasn't, the only PJ tour event he's won is the British open. It's, right. you know, barely a PJ tour event. So, you know, looking at that number compared to Dustin at, uh, you know, plus seven fifty. Dustin's looking for his 25th PJ tour. Win. Yeah. You I'm might as well just take Dustin if you're looking at yeah, Louis. Yeah. So I just don't even see those guys even close to being on the same level. Well, how about for Tony Fina at 14 to one? Yeah. Yeah. So actually led just kind of informed me of this stat before we even started. You said 211th in putting over the last 24 events. Uh, last 24 rounds, last, last 24, 24 rounds. rounds. Yes. Uh, so that's a bit shocking. Finished 15th at the open you know, was a great week considering, you know, seemingly, you know, by the, by the books, his, his game's in a very bad place right now in the four weeks prior. Uh, but, you know, that's how this game goes. You know, like we just mentioned Dylan Fratelli finishing fifth at the lot in last week, and he was coming off eight missed cuts in his last 10 starts. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, Tony's a more renowned player, but uh, I, I do think there's a couple good spots to buy Tony this week, top 10 at, at plus 20, at plus 275. Uh, but kind of dialing back to last week and, and, you know, and is open. We talked so much about, you know, how Lynx golf can free a player up that's struggling. Um, it just requires a certain level of creativity. Uh, but mm. this is obviously a different feel from the open. It's much more of a visual test at TPC twin cities with, with a lot of rolling Hills, a lot more water and penalty area. I don't mind Tony this week because the difference maker uh, from what I watched last week was his putting, which he's been struggling with so bad. Uh, like mm-hmm. we like we just mentioned, uh, his only hope is that uh, he's a half shot above average in strokes gained on bank grass greens. So uh, maybe a little inside there with the putting, but uh, yeah, that's what I got on Tony. Yeah, I'm gonna stay away from Tony this week, um, just because of the fact that God, even if he has a seven footer to win the golf tournament Ooh. i don't even like i don't even like that at 14 to one so yeah, <laughs> yeah. so uh yeah he's a stay away from me this week another guy at 14 to one patrick reed patrick is coming off a miscut at last week's british open that ends a string of four consecutive cuts made having said that patrick is top 20 in the field in strokes gained tee to green and also putting which would uh which should be a nice combo for the birdie fest coming up this week uh he has a win in six top tens and 13 top 25s on the season. So been pretty consistent all year. Uh, one previous start in this event back in 2019, where he finished tied 23rd. And, you know, kind of look, looking at a lot of the guys that are coming over from the British Open. I think for a guy like Patrick Reed, uh, you know, he missed the cut. He's coming off. Uh, he's able to get two extra days of prep on a lot of the favorites in the field. And uh, I actually, do, I do like Patrick Reed this week at 14 to 1 just based on his consistency of play. And uh, I'll definitely look at him for uh, 14 to one to win and uh, top 10 as well. Yeah. So on to uh, Cameron Tringali at 25 to one, this guy has played a pretty instrumental role in three of my uh, four DraftKings losses uh, Mm. to lead and, and uh, you know, he he's lost strokes the field off the tee in six of his last seven events that scares me at this golf course with the amount of water uh presented uh you know it's interesting because if you look at his at his third place finish in this event last year he was coming off eight straight events where he lost at least a stroke and a half to the field off the tee um has had some solid finishes 
finishes this year on tough courses like Innisbrook, uh, Valspar, and Valero um, at, at TPC San Antonio, uh, but just hasn't put together a consistent enough stretch where I'd really feel good about placing a top 10 or top 20 bet. Uh, to me, he's just he's more of a coin flip, and I'm, I'm not going to have anything riding on him uh, this week. Yeah, so next guy is Sergio Garcia, 28-1. to 1. He has top 20s in his last three starts, two of those being majors. Um, Sergio is third in strokes gained off the tee this year. So as we've always known, you know, he's one of the best ball strikers out there, but, you know, really driving it well. He has a win at the Sanderson Farms uh, event earlier this season, but hasn't really been contending much with only two top 10s since then. And like kind of said, we said for 20 years, Sergio is always just, you know, a putter away. He's 184th in putting on the year, and I just don't think he's going to be able to convert enough of his chances this week to, to take him to win at 28-1. Uh, to 1. But he's definitely a guy I'm looking at for maybe a top 20 just because of uh, he can just do that in solely ball striking. And on to Emiliano Grillo at 28-1. to 1. Uh, You know, Vegas is going to make so much money off Tringali and, and Grillo uh, this week with how inflated these numbers are after their open finishes. Uh, you know, before the open, Emiliano missed three straight cuts. Um, and, and you have to go all the way back to May, which I mean, I guess was only two months ago to find a couple top 10 finishes. Um, and they really weren't at courses, you know, anything like, you know, what's going to be presented at TPC. Uh and another guy, you know, Grio is another guy like Tringali that just hasn't put any real consistent stretch together. It's, and it's with a combination of losing shots off the tee and, and on the greens. Uh, he did finish third here last year, which probably has um, a lot to do with him being in the top 10 of favorites this week. Um, but I'd just like to see more consistent, uh, more consistent play in his driver stats. Led, I know you've spent, uh, maybe a little bit of time around Emiliano, um, mm-hmm. you know, in our time at IMG. Uh, but I, I think his game, you know, it's really whether about he can become more consistent with the flat six on the greens on a week to week basis. Yeah. He's one of those guys that doesn't really blow you away, uh, you know, physically or, you know, even tee to green, um, but always been just a really consistent player. Uh, you know, does have a couple wins on tour, but uh, I think it's a little bit overreaction at 28 to one. Uh, you know, so let's just move into Matthew Wolf at 30 to one. Here we go again with the Matthew Wolf being a favorite. I have no idea why. Uh, I do know why. Uh, he won the 3M Open in 2019. That was his first PGA Tour win. Uh, and he finished tied 12th last year. So he obviously loves the course. You know, it suits him. My issue, one top, one top 25 on the calendar year, and he has WDs, miscuts, and DQs sprinkled all over through that. Uh, he decided not to play in the British Open. Uh, was that to prep for this? Because, you know, this is like a tournament he's played really well in. But Oh, we're, see, we're seeing a little Poulter Ryder Cup Wolf 3M. I have no idea. But, uh, you know, if you're skipping majors, your game, you can't be – as happy with your game as you should be, you know, as you know, golf, such a mental game, ups and downs, all that stuff. But I just want you playing in one of the four biggest tournaments of the year. Uh, if you can, you know, that that's a, that's a major red flag. Uh, 
So I just don't think he really deserves to be a favorite until we see some more consistency out of him. He's 155th in putting, uh, and he's, uh, sorry, he's 155th in, uh, from tee to green, and he's 113th in putting in his last 24 rounds. So it's not like he even has like a little bit of form to really lean back on. So he's an absolute pass for me this week. Uh, well, how about for Keegan? Uh, yeah, so Keegan, well, first off, I, I, uh, I disagree, and we'll get to that later in one of my picks. Okay. Keegan at th- 33 to 1, and finally, I can we can agree on this, finally a player we're talking about, he's had some consistency uh, to his game. Keegan has, uh, you know, he has missed cuts in his last three or four events, but having a really nice season otherwise with 10 top 20 finishes. Uh, and, and, you know, the reason for the missed cuts is a struggle on the greens, and I'm not worried um, about that as much this week because, um, you know, he is going to be on bent grass greens uh, in Minnesota, and and on average, it's the only surface um, that key that Keegan even keeps up with the field on. Uh, you know, putting stats were extremely similar. Keegan's were going into the 3M last year, and he ended up picking four shots up on the greens. Um, in the event last year. So I'm going to, I'm going to be counting on Keegan to, to channel um, some of that putting energy from last year. And I'll, I'll likely have a, a top 10 or top 20 ticket um, on Keegan this week. So on to Robert McIntyre, our boy. Yep. Robert McIntyre, 33 to one. Uh, you know, granted he's a favorite, definitely coming in under the radar a little bit. He's coming in off an eighth place finish in the British open and kind of using that, that's technically, you know, a top 10 on the PGA Tour, so you get into next week. He's taking advantage of that. He closed with rounds of 65 and 67. Between splitting time on the PGA Tour and European Tour, he hasn't missed a cut all year, which is, a you know, really an ode to how consistent he's been. Uh, besides the eighth-place finish in the British Open, he has a 12th-place finish in this year's Masters. You know, looking at his PGA Tour stats, he, he hasn't really played enough tournaments to really uh, – uh, too, too small sample size to really look at. Uh, but – I do like uh, Robert McIntyre at 33 to one this week. He's really one of the best player in the, players in the world, uh, kind of switching back and forth between uh, WGCs and European tour and PJ tour events. You know, he's not technically, uh, you know, he's not top 10 in the points list on either tour. Cause he's kind of splitting that time bet- between those two, but he's playing great. And I really do look for him to contend this, this week, especially with the weaker field. How about you? Will? Yeah, so uh, so moving in uh, to our picks to place uh, for the 3M, uh, going right back to Keegan Bradley here. I, I am going to go uh, top tw- top twenty at plus one fifty. Just hasn't showed me enough for me to take him in the top ten uh, in the last five events that he has made the cut. Uh, he's top twenty in three of them. Uh, so that's my first uh, pick to place. Keegan Bradley top twenty at plus one fifty. Uh, my second one's Maverick McNeely, uh, a top 20 at plus 180. And, you know, he has nine top 20, top 25 finishes on the year. It actually scares the shit out of me. He's, he's, he's finished just outside the top 20 a handful of times. Luckily, I haven't been on the losing end of that. Something like three or four 21st finishes this year for, for Maverick. Uh, he's definitely, you know, his, his dad's like a billionaire, right? Isn't yeah, that- no, he was he was contemplating just not turning pro. Yeah, so you know, in terms of uh, the, you know, he seems like a guy. It's you know, final round, not too worried about finishing uh, T fifth versus T ninth. You know, in terms yeah. of yeah, 
I think no, there's going to be food on the table for the family, no matter what. <laughs> absolutely. And I think, you know, I think more of his concern, you know, from that perspective is, you know, he's sitting in 52nd on the FedEx cup. He's one of those young players that, that could easily get himself in position. Uh, to sneaky, play. That's a sneaky 52nd too, you know? He's yeah. Like, you know, I haven't really. No, yeah. When I, when I, when I haven't heard his name once this year, when, you know, when, when I went to go <laughs> yeah. search it, I was expecting like, Oh, like maybe one thirty. just trying to sneak into the playoffs, but no um you know like i said nine top nine sneaky top 25 finishes on the year and mm. uh you know a good finish in one of these final events of the year and and that could kind of uh, increase his chances of being at east like in the year and and uh you know he's picking up a full shot on the field off the tee in his last five events and rolling the walk rolling the rock wonderfully uh picking up almost three shots on average in that category so I'm going with uh, Maverick McNeely, top 20 at, at plus 180 for my last pick to place. Yeah, and then for my picks to place, I have Stuart Sink, top 10, plus 500. He's made 15 of 21 cuts this year. Only has three top 10s in the year, but has made the most of them with two wins on the season at the uh, Safeway and RBC Heritage. Um, he's 21st in iron play uh, or approach to green on the year. And kind of sneaky for a guy who's getting up there in age he's 24th in driving distance so i just thought that was an interesting did we did you know that Stuart sink was that long like no he just i know he's a tall big guy um he broke my heart at the british open when he beat tom watson in that playoff oh. but uh yeah he he moves it so Stuart sink top 10 plus 500 and then for my other pick i have hayden Libiota top 10 plus 525 coming off three straight top 10s in a row He's uh, second in strokes gained putting and third in total stro strokes gained during that time span. During that span, 15 of his last 20 rounds have resulted in scores that were sub 70. So uh, Hank Le Leviota top 10 plus 525. Yeah, moving into our picks to win. And uh, I only have one player this week to win outright. And uh, that's Matthew Wolf at 30 to one. I just have a bit of a different take on you know, missing the open, uh, you know, I, I feel like, you know, Wolf's kind of moving on his own clock as, as he, uh, you know, progresses, you know, starts, starts a progression on the PGA tour again after, you know, disastrous last year where he noted some, some, some maybe mental battles that he was going through, but, you know, I see it as, as his team having a specific plan, you know, to continue uh, to work in the right direction, probably got some good work in with Gigi last week. Um, and, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, the driving stats are, are, are kind of coming around for Wolf and, and he's almost back to picking up, uh, a full shot on the field per event, which he's done in the last five after, I mean, that had pretty much lost the T-ball, uh, you know, last year and, uh, you know, putting numbers at the rocket mortgage, um, and, and travelers may scare some people away from this ticket. But if you look at the big picture, uh, he's still gaining shots in the field on the greens and, and even better. He's, he's, he's an excellent putter on these bank grass greens. Matthew Wolf there. Um, he's a stay away for me, but he is one of those guys. He's high variance all or nothing. You know what I mean? Right. So he might, he could throw up a 79 or throw up a 59. So if you are going to take, if you do like Matthew Wolf, I'd like him definitely to win versus uh, you know, I just don't think he's really had the consistency to warrant a uh, a top a top twenty top ten pick, but you know, if there's something I can palette, it's you know it's him it's him to uh, to win. All right, for my picks to win, I have Robert McIntyre at thirty three to one. 
he needs five FedEx Cup points to get special temporary status. All right. He's coming off a top 10 last week at the British Open. And he's just, you know, really been playing well all year. Hasn't missed a cut, kind of like what we talked about. And I just do really like him at 33 to one this week. Uh, he has limited results on the PJ Tour, but he also has limited starts. So it's one of those things where he gets a couple more starts out here. I really look for him uh, to contend this week. And then my other, I'm not a, normally a huge fan of taking the favorite, but DJ at plus 750. He's second on tour in scoring average this year. Uh, he's coming off four top 25. So it's a great player who's playing great. Uh, and I would not be surprised at all if he gets his 25th PJ Tour win this week. Well, how about for your dark horse? Okay, so my dark horse uh, for this week, a little unusual. Uh, my dark horse is actually in the favorites this week, but hasn't won the PGA Tour event nor carries full status on the PGA Tour. I have Robert McIntyre at 33 to 1. And, and just kind of reviewing, you know, what Led likes about him, you know, plays mostly on the European Tour, finished 11th uh, in the race to Dubai, which is the European Tour's FedEx Cup in 2019, and also won. Uh, rookie of the year on, on the European tour in 2019 coming on coming off some uh, some great events in world-class fields I mean 35th at the U.S. Open 18th at the Scottish and then eighth this past week at the Open so um, obviously trending um, in, in the right direction um, it wouldn't be surprised at all if, if he got his uh, you know first tour win uh, here and and uh, you know probably looking forward to seeing a lot more of him next year. Yeah, and then for my dark horse, I have Adam Schenk at 90 to 1. Um, he's coming off a tied fourth in the John Deere and a tied 15th in the Barbasol. He's made the cut in eight of his last 10 events and has three top 20s highlighted by that um, fourth place finish at the John Deere. Uh, in, his last 12, in his last 12 rounds, Schenk is fifth in uh, total strokes gained and eighth in putting. So uh, don't worry about the name. Adam Schenk, uh, 90 to 1. And I like how he does videos like – uh, explaining the shank. So he doesn't shy away from it at all. Oh, love that. Completely embraces it. Uh, it. But in to our, uh, our DraftKings showdown, uh, I, you know, I feel like I have a kind of an a la led at the open type lineup this week. Uh, I'm going with Matthew Wolf, uh, Bubba Watson, Robert McIntyre, Matt Kuchar, Mark Hubbard, uh, and, and JT post and kind of a high risk lineup for me this week, but uh, kind of kind of trying to channel my bets with, with my lineup. Um, Led, what, what, what do you got going against me this week? Yeah. So I have Dustin, uh, Robert McIntyre, Hank Lebiota, Doug Gim, Adam Shank, and the uh, Rollins. I'm from Orlando. So the Rollins alumni, Rob Oppenheim. Uh, so yeah, that's my lineup. Will looking for two wins in a row. James looking to get back. I got to get track. back on track. You know, five, uh, you know, I, I got to get to four to two here. Uh, yeah. you know, get back to within two, two, uh, two events. Uh, but uh, certainly feel like I'm moving in the right direction. I just, I had to pick a high risk lineup to get all my guys in this week, but uh, you know, moving mm -hmm. on to our best bets uh, for the three M open. Uh, my best bet is, is Bubba Watson at uh, plus 140 to top 20. Uh, you know, I love uh, Bubba this week because he's one of the few names in the field, uh, really besides Matthew Wolf, that didn't go to the Open last week. So, uh, you know, kind of, you know, nice and fresh for this event. This is his first time uh, at TPC Twin Cities, but 
the way he's playing this year, you know, this golf course sets up beautifully for him over the last five events. He's picked up a three and a half shots in the field off the tee. We know when, I mean, when Bubba's taking advantage with his driver, a lot of good things happen. You know, it hasn't been a great year um, on the greens, but you know, in general, Bubba's just not that consistent of a putter anyways, you know, yeah. hopefully we'll catch him magic uh, with the putter still has, you know, still can finish high, you know, with bad weeks on the greens, a little yeah. bit like Morikawa, but I, you know, I think he, he records a third consecutive top 20 this week in Minnesota. I'm taking Bubba Watson at top 20 at plus 140 for my best bet. Yeah. I'm for my best bet sticking with a favorite DJ top 10 plus 138. I mean, I feel like you take five clubs out of his bag. He can finish top 10, honestly, relative to this field. Uh, kind of, we talked about coming off four top 25s. Now he's got a little bit of a weaker field. Um, and he's second on tour this year in scoring average and just an all around player that you don't really worry about, you know, when you take him at, at a, a top 10. So getting plus money there, um, DJ top 10 plus 138, lock it in, baby. Well, everyone, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us uh, this week on, uh, on, on the golf preview podcast on RJ Bell's dream uh, preview podcast and uh, best of luck to all your bets. We'll look forward to seeing you next week. Let's do it. Well, all right, lad.